Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Hello, friends. My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you ever so much for listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all blessedly without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. This week on Independence Day, El Twanguero. El Twanguero's blend of American Western swing, gypsy jazz, and the folk music of his native Spain is a simmering musical tour de force that he serves up hot. You don't take up the stage name El Twanguero if you can't play guitar, and play he does. Tempos are ramped up, fingers race up and down the guitar neck, and countless hours of practice are evident when he performs. El Twangero's effortless and blistering performance style is a testament to what happens when innate talent is polished and focused by diligent hard work, and his discipline has paid off in spades. He has recorded five albums and toured internationally, including Europe and both the North and South American continents. He has earned two Latin Grammy Awards and an impressive list of accolades that laud his pioneering work in his own brand of Latin twang. El Twangero exemplifies what might be a virtuoso's most important accomplishment, making it look easy. But El Twangero is a professional at the top of his game, and don't try this at home. Welcome to Independence Day, El Twangero. Hey, man, how are you? Fine, very good, very good. Very hey. happy to be here. Yeah, thank you very much for coming all the way around the world just to do this show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, it's a long way That's to go. That's being, being music is... is, is there's no traveling and yeah you know, very nice so sharing. so uh welcome first of all and thank you uh you're the very first guest in all these shows 140 plus 150 plus shows now uh first guest from spain so well, welcome you're representing your entire country it's an honor for me <laughs> yeah well welcome uh you uh, a very talented guitar player very uh, talented songwriter um, and you get started at a very, very young age. Like, how old were you? You know, you get your first guitar very, very young. Yeah, well, I started in music around six years. When I was six years old, I studied in the conservatory in mm -hmm. Valencia. But it wasn't until two years later, around eight, that I started my classical training with a guitar. Because oh, eight. So you were an old man. Yeah. When you started, I was, yeah, I was an old man. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I started uh, classical training, um, but then I jumped to the rock and roll thing. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Almost every guy in my, my generation, and, and well, in every generation. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you want to play uh, electric things. Yeah, you know. But but training, uh, but the classical training was very good for me because I learned the disciplina, the discipline. Mm -hmm. And that's very important uh, for being a professional music. Right, you have to to know that you must study, and you it's a compromise. It takes work. Yeah, it takes a lot of work, and that's the thing that I think people gloss over. Even rock and roll, like it looks like it doesn't take a lot of work. That's true. That's you true. Know, but that's kind of the goal is to make it look easy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, and it takes time, and you you need time to find, especially uh, not the technical skills, but the your own voice. Right. That's what it really takes time. Yeah. And, and having your own voice, uh, it's you need to get around thousand of different ways. Right. 
before you choose. No, this is my thing. No, this is I like I like that thing, but this right. is not. I I don't feel like right. I'm having a great time. Yeah, because music for me is uh, happiness. No, we yeah. we we need to to give happiness to the people to more even than entertain. Right, it's happiness. It's a more. It's a high concept for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's like a higher calling. It's it's yeah. a, it's a bigger goal. My my goal growing up was always, I mean, happiness is part of it, but I just wanted people to feel something. Yeah, anything, happiness, sadness, a fear, Feelings, joy, emotions. ecstasy, emotions, all the whole range. Like, and especially especially happiness is my favorite. Yeah, and peace is my favorite of yeah. all. And. So, you know, starting off, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, finding your own voice. I think I do agree with you. I think that's a very important thing because when you're young, you're like in my generation, it was like Eddie Van Halen or David Gilmore or Jimmy Page or, or Jimi Hendrix or Jeff Beck or all these, Mark Knopfler, all these wow. players that we love. And when you're first learning to play, do uh, you know the word emulate? Is it like you, you want to play like them. So you learn... Uh, David Gilmore guitar solos, or you learn Eddie Van Halen guitar solos, and then you learn a lot of them, right? And then you sound kind of like them, but you're not doing your own thing yet. Like, who were the players for you, like when you were very young, that made you want to pick up the guitar? Was it someone you knew, or was it someone you saw on TV? Like, who was it? Uh, well, uh, all that you mentioned, all the British guitarists yeah. were very influential on, I think, every electric guitarist in the world. The first record that I listened to was uh, The Shadows, a Shadows record. It was instrumental music, very twang, mm -hmm. you know, dancing music, easy listening, but really, really well played music. So, yeah, The Shadows was my first contact with the guitar, especially because we had a vinyl mm -hmm. with a picture of the that red guitar Stratocaster. Uh, yes. And so my first contact with the guitar was visual. Yeah. <laughs> Even when yeah. I was four, five years old, I, I my mm -hmm. my father had uh, a lot of vinyls of uh, the Shadows, Eric Clapton, and well, Chet Atkins mm -hmm. as well. Oh, Chet Atkins. Yeah, yes. Chet Atkins. And that's what that was my first uh, contact with uh, with the old American mm -hmm. tradition. When I was nine years old, I wow. discovered. Mr. Chet Atkins, yeah. but at the same time we have uh, our our uh, Spanish tradition because right. the guitar, as we know, with six string, uh, was born in Spain. Right. I mean that concept of right. Uh, so the the Spanish repertoire was very influential influential on me on, on my on my playing. You know because it's like um, like Andres Segovia said, the the guitar is like a little orchestra. Yeah. And but yeah, but rock and roll, that kind of thing, and and you try to emulate uh, all the Hank Marvin from the Shadows, right. Chet Atkins, or even Eric Clapton, Mark Knopfler. I think I'm I was born in the late seventeen, so the eighties were my yeah. my formation year. Yeah. yeah, right. So yeah, Eddie Van Halen, all the rock stuff. But I I choose. Um, the I, I don't know how to say it the clean way mm -hmm. I mean not the I, I always love rock and roll but my favorite guitarists were yeah they play 
clean sound. Right, less distortion. I don't distortion. know why. Yeah. You know, uh, Brian Setzer, for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of thing. No? Rockabilly, rock and roll. Yeah. And, and even the classical thing, flamenco uh -huh. and... Um, I don't know why it's you know it's it's on you you know, yeah you choose one way and you have to struggle. well yeah you have to find your voice that's I guess that's what we're talking about like there's the first when you're very young and you you there's the people that you see up on stage or the people you see on your record and you want to be like them and then you learn to kind of be like them but I feel like to be really successful to have you know to have your own career in music you almost have to, like, that's part of you. It will always be part of you, but you almost have to set that aside a little bit. And I think that may be the hardest thing of all is to find out what your voice is on the instrument. You know, not just your singing voice, but your voice on the yeah. instrument. And like you said, to yeah. your point, playing with a cleaner sound. You know, you might love yeah. rock and roll Jimmy Page loud guitar, yeah. but that's not, even though you like it and maybe you can do it, that's not really what you set out to do. So and you and let me say for from my perspective you do a very very good job. You're a very thank very you. good guitar player. It's a pleasure and a delight to hear you play. Thank you. Thank uh, you so and much. let's let everybody hear what you're playing sounds like. So we're going we can you know we'll be talking for the next 30 minutes or so, 45 minutes about what you do. But the best thing to do is to let them hear it. Okay? So the uh, we've picked a track from uh, Pachuco. Yeah. Uh, and the track is called Speedy Garcia. My guess uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. You uh, yeah, something? Speedy Garcia is is it's this with this album, I tried to find uh, because my first three albums were more uh, guitar oriented thing, uh, more intellectual or even more intimate. Mm -hmm. But with this new album, I tried to with which is called Pachuco. Pachuco comes from uh, from East LA. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. was, it was inspired of the of in in the tradition two traditions: the North American culture and the Latino. Mm -hmm. Culture. I mean, the rock and roll, the cha cha cha. Like Los Lobos. Yeah, lo like Los Lobos, which okay. are great, very, yeah, very legendary very. band from East LA. That's true, and even some Americans did that, like Ray Cooder. Mm -hmm. Ray Cooder tried to, uh, or Santana. Yeah, Carlos Santana. You know that kind of thing. I tried to uh, add the dancing concept right. on my music. Right. So Speedy Garcia. Well, it's like the the mm, the very the best example of this. You know playing guitar, try to sing uh -huh. with my guitar uh -huh. because we do instrumental, well, almost instrument, 80% instrumental music, uh -huh. but uh, trying to get the dancing concept yeah. and try to sing with the guitar, not just soloing or showing yeah. your technical skills. You know, I, I don't right. want to even... That song is super fast, and you know, Speedy Garcia. It's like emulating yeah. the, the the Speedy Gonzalez, right. you know, the, that kind of thing. So, well, here is Speedy Garcia. Yeah, very, very nice. All right, so very happy to have El Twingero on Independence Day. Visit him at El. Uh, sorry, Twingero.com is the new website. Uh, you can also find him on Twitter, YouTube, all over the place on the internet. We're very, very lucky to have him in our studio today. El Twingero. The track is Speedy Garcia on Independence Day. <laughs> Thank you. 
Very, very nice, my friend. El Twangero. And you actually have a name. I mean, this is like your stage name, El Twangero. And it's, it's not like a big secret. We can call you by your name. Diego Garcia is what yeah. people know. Were you always El Twangero, or was that something you picked up somewhere along the way to have a stage name? Well, the first uh, three albums were under my my name, Diego yeah, Garcia. Diego. But, uh, no, I tried to find uh, something more artistic and and even because there, there is another Diego Garcia in New York, so yeah. we uh, we change. Uh, so my sec- my second album was uh, is called Twanguero, who mm-hmm. is a concept uh, between the twang, mm-hmm. but even the traveling concept. For me, traveling and music is the same thing in my mm-hmm. life because I learn and I always learn uh, in the streets playing with the streets musicians. So for me, twanguero, it's kind of yeah, the the Spanish meaning of twang, but the the traveling is inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it definitely shows in your music. You know, before you were referencing, you know, we referenced Santana and the, the people who are known for these things. But you know, you're certainly making a name for yourself in this community as well. And I think it's it's smart to have a name because people forget. You know, uh, the music business it's still entertainment. You know, we want people to be happy. We want people to feel things. But to entertain people, I think it's very easy to forget that sometimes because you get hung up on, oh, I want to play this perfectly, or you get hung up on. Um, you know, I want the song to be perfect. But even entertainment can be sad. Entertainment can be entertainment can be joyous. Entertainment can be angry. And, you know, to add that, like you said, the uh, bailar, the dancing yeah. aspect of what you're doing, it opens you up to a whole new audience of people and then people really want to be part of it. I think it's a really, really smart thing to do. You know, especially it's big in the Latin culture too, like getting your butt moving. Yeah, well, uh, in Latin culture, uh, the dancing, well, I think in every folk expression in the world, dancing is the first yeah. artistic expression. So we, you don't have to uh, get this apart. Like you said, uh, we all musicians are always uh, trying to get the best solo, get the best take. And I think the most important thing is getting the best vibe for a song or for an album or for a performance, getting the best vibe who, you know, which can uh, communicate. For me, is communication with the audience because the audience is what your uh, artistic thing is, is the audience, you know. So you have to communicate easily and because the people don't know, people don't know about the guitar. They, they, just know about the music and, and right. the feeling. So you have to communicate and take all the intellectual things out. It, that's for us, you know, for the right. musicians. But if you want to uh, get more audience, especially for a guitar player, if you just play guitar for guitar players, I mean, your career will be yeah, like... Well, it's all dudes, for one thing. It's all guys. They stand in front of you. Like I remember growing up playing gigs yeah, you know, because I was when I was younger, I was like the guitar hero in my town, and you know, you'd play your shows, you know, and we had a big band, we have five people and lots of songs, but you could always tell the guitar players because they would be standing right in front of me with their arms crossed, yeah, studying nice. me and judging me, and like, oh, he's not doing that right or he's doing that wrong, and like scowling, you know, 
And it was funny because it's I, I felt more inclusive. I want it to be a happier thing. Like we're all making this together. We're all playing this music together. And it's and like you said, it's it's just important to involve everybody in it. And guitar, um, it's a very sensual instrument. You bring it. It's shaped kind yeah. of like a woman. Yeah. Because it has to fit. It fits into you. Into you. Know, you. It has the cutaways, and it That's sits true. right there. And and it's very and you and you're you're very close to it, and you you touch it. It's not like a piano. You, a piano is a piece of furniture. Yeah, you sit in front of it, and piano is very it. intimate too. But yeah. you sit at it, and you play it, and then you get up from it, and then you sit at it. Like guitar, you walk around and you take it, and you. It's almost a part of you. It's yeah. almost a part of you. Your yeah. hand is on the neck, and your other hand's on the strings, and it's. And uh, I mean, and pianos were wood too, but I love the idea that a guitar wasn't a living thing. Yeah. It was a tree. It was a wood or multiple trees. Yeah. You know, a lot of it, and I think it's magical. It's is magical. Yeah, I, I always. Uh, I always feel the guitar like a like a, an extension of of yeah. my of my body, um, and I actually um, show my shows are very uh, with I mean how to say uh, body expression. That's a very mm -hmm. part, uh, important part of my shows, the yeah. body expression with the guitar. Um, because, yeah, uh, like you said, yeah, being a, a guitarist can be sometimes, uh, I mean, bored, boring for, yeah. for the people, just guitar and guitar. We call uh, that wanking. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> just wanking. That's true. And, and when you, the, the general audience, They will know. They don't care. Church. They don't care. They they never choose you uh, because you're, or your playing or your technique yeah. or whatever. They just want to feel the vibe. Yeah, I mean, well, they want to be entertained. You know, a lot of times, you know, they've got their troubles in their lives and they've got their challenges in their life, and they come to see you, uh, you know, or any of us, yeah. because they want to have a, an escape. Escape from, from their regular their life. Regular they lives. want to dance. They want to sing. They want to laugh. Sometimes they want to cry. I don't know why it keeps coming back yeah. to that, but like they want, <laughs> they want something other than what they have at home. And and I think that's an interesting challenge for a musician because especially you know a prof a, a, a high level professional like yourself when you're traveling, um, you know traveling makes you tired. Yeah. You know different time zones, different countries, different languages, different foods, different beds. You know, I've done that too. And that can be a challenge when you're a long way from home in a place where they don't speak your language to get up, to yeah. get happy and get ready to entertain people. So yeah. how do you, you know, how do you manage that? I mean, I want to talk more about traveling in a minute because you do a lot. I want to have you play a song in just a second. Um, but how do you, you know, how do you have a, a, a ritual that you use to kind of get ready to perform or get ready to get in that headspace to perform for someone? Uh, I, I don't Scotch really, or what? Uh, no, <laughs> I, actually, I don't really, I don't know how, I've been playing for professional for 20 years, so you, I, I'm trained, right? Yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm trained. I was doing, uh, uh, for 15 years, I was session side player. Okay. A session player. So it, it was different. Because the singer or the artist had all the attention right. uh, over him. <laughs> right. You have a different job. Yeah, it's that. a different job. But when you are the artist, and especially when, when I play solo, because I play solo a lot around the world. It's easier to travel. It's easy to travel, but your solo is different. But, you know, when I study in the conservatory, the classical thing that I did, you, um, the final exams were solo in front of... Uh, a jury. A jury of eight 
old guys, <laughs> and I was 12 years old. Old angry so, guys. <laughs> old angry guys, <laughs> like watching the his hungry. You know, they have to go to the <laughs> yeah. bathroom. So I think that was uh, uh, really important in my future uh, career. Mm -hmm. You know that kind of pressure is good. It keeps you uh, prepare, focus. Yeah, focus on uh, on because playing solo is a really hard thing. Yeah. And try to uh, entertain people just with one guitar. Um, so I try to. Well, it's all it's communicating. I, I think yeah. that because I communicate through my guitar. So for me, it's easy to go to Japan or South Africa or Alabama and play guitar and catch the attention mm -hmm. of the audience. It's something that is natural for me. Mm -hmm. Maybe not uh, painting or <laughs> it's not natural yeah, for yeah. me, but doing through the guitar. Is that what I say? That it, I feel it like my extension. Yeah. Maybe if I get the, another thing, it's like you feel insecure. Right. But doing through the guitar for me is super easy since I was 10 years old. Yeah. You mentioned Alabama. Have you actually played in Alabama? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> but <laughs> I say Alabama because we were we are in contact with uh, Fred Gretsch and and we were talking about yeah the, uh, Alabama and. I mean, I said Alabama for saying whatever. I love to, yeah, to go to. Yeah, to I was well. The reason I I was born in Alabama. Ah, you were born in. Alabama. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't raised there. I'm from Chicago, but I was born in Alabama. My my father's side, my papa, all his family, familia is in uh, Alabama. All right. Anyway, so let's play a song here. You've got your guitar. Uh, what's this first song going to be? Uh, we're going to do. I'm going to do a uh, minor rag. Is my because I was very influenced by the. Chet Atkins thing, and then I discovered a lot of guitarists like Merle Travis and Jerry Reed, only like like uh, one one man band. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd play the boom, the bass, Doc and Watson, Doc Watson, and, and uh, that kind of uh, thing. Merle Travis with the Travis picking. Yeah. So yeah, we were talking about finding a voice. So for me, finding a voice is learning from Chet, for example, and try to do your own composition. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's not it's not going to be better or worse than the mm -hmm. original one, but doing yours is making your own thing, your yeah. own composition. So this is what the what I call my Spanish uh, finger style. Yeah. And, and the next one is called Minor Rack. Okay, El Twanguero is my guest on Independence Day this week. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this. This is badass, actually, what you're about to hear. And he's got several more songs coming up after that. So El Twanguero, Minor Rag on Independence Day.
name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you for listening to Independence Day. This week's guest, El Twangero. You can learn about him at twangero.com. That's T-W-A-N-G-U-E-R-O, as in Spanish, as in the twanger or the twang guy or something like that. Uh, his given name, his Christian name, as we like to say, is Diego Garcia. Say hello, Diego. Hello. So it's, it's an honor to have you. That's a great playing, man. You've obviously spent some time practicing the guitar. Oh yeah, I did. I did. I I spent a lot of time, um, and but I was always uh, in love with the music. Yeah, I think this is the, like we say, el motor in Spain, the mm -hmm. uh, the thing that moves everything. Mm -hmm. It's loving the music. Yeah. You know, my favorite time in, is when I'm at my studio playing guitar, intimate situation. Mm -hmm. So this is when when I feel like. I am still in love with the guitar, but sometimes can be a love hate. Uh, yeah, you know because the guitar is really tough, it's challenging. <laughs> yeah, it's super hard playing guitar, and yeah. there are a lot of, I don't, thousand of good guitarists that you know uh, traveling is good because you you see the best musicians right. around the world. And it's like oh my god, I have to study. Again. Yeah. You have to spend more time practicing your guitar. When you were a kid, did you? Was there times when you spent like? Were you a kid who spent five hours a day, eight hours a day, ten hours a day? It seems like every great guitar player that I've ever met, always when they were like thirteen years old, like they played like five, six, seven hours a day. Were you that kid too? Yeah, even more, ten hours wow. a day when I was. Yeah, I have tendinitis. Tendinitis, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of time. Yeah, because uh, the classical training, yeah. Uh, uh, it's super hard. It, right. It's another thing. And, it's and very mechanical. Like people it, who don't know uh, like uh, classical guitar players, there's a little footstool that you put your foot up on. Did you do the footstool thing? Yeah, it's the best position for your back. Yeah, and then you sit very <laughs> upright, mean, and people can't see us. We're trying, both he and I are trying to emulate this. We're <laughs> sitting here in our chairs. And the guitar is very, the neck is very kind of tilted up high, and your right hand has to come around the front of the instrument, and you approach it like your hand is, you know, down into the guitar, and your left hand, your your left thumb has to be, if you're right-handed, has to be exactly yeah, like on the back of the neck. And you come in with the frets from the front, never from the side, no <laughs> thumb, you know, no Jimi Hendrix thumb around the top of the neck. It's a very, very, like, even just learning how to sit, Yeah, you know, it's like they beat you if they don't do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's super hard. No, but, but yeah, but that's true. I, I, when I studied, I tried to emulate the Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, style, yeah. And my, my teacher was like... And you hit your with, hand. Uh, yeah, with a stick. Yeah. Don't do this. Kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, but it was. Um, I usually go back to that old repertoire to to try to to uh, find again when I was starting to play guitar. So, but classical training is is super important because you focus on the sound, and for me, the sound is the most important thing for me. I when I listen to music, I don't listen to uh, scales or I listen to sound colors. You know, right. a sound uh, played with the, your uh, your finger or your pick. That's yeah. what classical guitarists do. Is spend a lot of time trying to get the best, best, best performance. Yeah. Right. When you play rock and roll, it's different. It's yeah. I think it's easy to forget that you you work backwards from the way it sounds. If you really are into what you're doing, you you know you you change the way you play so that it sounds a certain way rather than the other way around. I feel like in like rock and roll or popular styles, it's, it's 
backwards. It's inverted. Yeah. The way you sound comes out of how you play, not the other way around. You don't, That's true. You don't work on it as much. Or maybe you spend more time messing around with guitar pedals or your, your amplifier or your specific type, type of guitar. But you know, it's funny to talk to guitar players. They're very uh, superstitious. Yeah. Uh, you know, that word like the... Um, you know, uh, do you know Vernon Reed from Living Color? Yeah. You know, Vernon. cult of personality, yeah. that one of the best riffs. Uh, great, great player. Yeah. He, you know, he used those little jazz sharp picks, really thick, but really small, yeah. like a teardrop shape. But he says, I don't remember if it was the red or black that he liked better, but they're identical. But he preferred one color over the other color because he felt like the plastic in the dye was the, the color of the plastic was, it- was a different sound. You know, and maybe no one else in the world can hear that but him. But if he can hear it, that's that, all that really matters. If that, that makes that, a big difference. That's you know? true. Yeah. Well, guitar. We we guitarists are very uh, weird about that kind of things. Right. The strings, the stringos, the pick here on next to the bridge and next to you know that kind of thing. Well, right. even the picks. Yeah, the picks are uh, f- just for us, but not for us. I think it's. Uh, Nobody is gonna realize that, but in the, at the end, it's important. Right. I mean, you can hear it. I've tried to get less fancy with that over time. Like when I was very young, I wanted a specific pick and a specific cable and a very specific thing. But the more I traveled, the more I realized that I wasn't always gonna have exactly what I wanted everywhere I went. You know, like if you, you know, uh, you know, Boss pedals. Yeah, kind of like the big big company that makes pedals. You see them all over the place, but they're they're okay. Yeah, not the best pedals, but they're everywhere. A lot of really top level pro players will play Boss pedals because if they're on tour and they're in, I mean, it's easier in the United States, I guess. But if they're in some uh, Boise, Idaho, yeah. or Seattle, <laughs> or Portland, Maine, or wherever, and if that pedal breaks. They can take, you know what a runner is? Like a guy who works for the tour, you just send off to go get whatever, or a girl. Yeah. You can just hand them that pedal and say, okay, take this to Guitar Center and come back with a new one. Yeah. Because they're going to have that pedal at Guitar Center. Whereas if you play some fancy, fancy hand built, full tone, whatever, <laughs> pedal, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's, fine. it's hard to find. You're it, not yeah. going to find it. Even if you do find it, it's going to be expensive, but you're probably not even going to find it. How have you, has, has traveling extensively changed the way you approach? Absolutely, absolutely. How? How so? I, for example, you 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 are talking about pedals. I don't use pedals. Okay, it's probably smart. Yeah. Uh, the the first reason because I travel a lot, and I wanted to get the the minimum uh, luggage. Right. <laughs> right. So I started and well, and after that, I, it, there is a artistic uh, purpose for this because uh, El Tranguero he plays uh, electric thing more twangy sound right. just reverb and wherever amp you find right. in every country right. you can do it sometimes I travel with a reverb pedal mm-hmm. right. or a delay right, but, right, right. Very but I never never use I try to get the all the rock and roll sound on overdrive from getting the volume up to 10 or whatever, but I never use pedals. I have tons of pedals in my studio. Actually, in the studio, I use it for doing, uh, I don't know, TV things or film uh, textures or whatever. But I love to get the sound here from from my hands, just from mm-hmm. my hands, to the, just the amp. The guitar is, is, is important because you, I don't, I mean, it's not important if it's a, 
Gibson or a Tele or whatever. It's important if it's yours because you know all the the wood and, and right. how it sounds. It's important knowing the guitar, especially yeah. if you play with no pedals. Yeah. Does it take a, a time for you to develop a relationship with a specific guitar? Um, you know, because I know it does for me. Or like if I if I play a different person's guitar, or I just play a different guitar, like I feel like the songs kind of live in the guitar. And if I play a different guitar, it's going to inspire me to play a different way. Or, you know, or if I get a new guitar, it's going to take me a while to learn that specific instrument. You know, not just this not just a Strat versus a Tele versus a Les Paul versus yeah. an ES-335, whatever, but I mean a specific Strat. Because like, I feel like it's a very personal thing. That Strat that you love, yeah. That's Obviously, uh, every guitar for me has a soul. Yes, that's exactly for what I mean. For me, guitars are uh, alive. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, no. But I feel sense. like they have... They, uh, and especially where uh, one guitar is not played for a long time, yeah, you can hear it. I I, I noticed, you know, when when I play this, I say it by, by myself. The guitar hasn't been played hasn't been played for yeah. a long time. So you have to wake wake up. Yeah, it's soul. Yeah, right. So yeah, it takes uh, time to, especially you need to to know a really good uh, guitar. You have to experience it in a live situation. Oh, yeah. It's not at home. At needs home, volume. Yeah, needs volume, and it depends. When I play with my band, I have a huge band with percussion, drums, and trumpet, and everybody is... Yeah. So you need, for example, this, my P90s yeah. thing with uh, the Princeton, two Princeton reverb or whatever. But when I play solo, uh, I use my Martin, for example, mm -hmm. just my Martin. I just It's hard to play with another guitar. Yeah. You know, because once you find the the soul, it's uh, you need to, you go back and again and again to this yeah. soul, this yeah. this vibe. You know? It's very important. Uh, Jason Isbell, who won a Grammy not too terribly long ago, and congratulations to him. Yeah. Won two Grammys actually. Yeah. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. But if you read in interviews, he will say uh, when he gets a brand new guitar, because he's now he's a Martin ambassador. You know, they that he works with Martin. There's with like, Martin, all right. It was just great. But when he gets a new guitar, he has said in interviews that he will leave it like he'll he'll turn his stereo on and he'll leave his guitar in front of the speaker, like facing the speaker, and then he'll leave the house. Like they'll go have dinner and come back two or three hours later and and just let the the vibrations, the, the vibrations like season the guitar or seal the guitar yeah. or like you know or settle in the guitar. And I think that's really interesting. You know, because I do think they have souls, and they were living things, and they, yeah. you know, there's different songs in every one. Do you have a lot of guitars at home? Yeah, I have. A, yeah, I have a lot of guitars. I used to have. And what's a lot to you? Because my girlfriend thinks that a lot is like five. five like no, I think I a lot. Than, a lot's like a hundred. <laughs> more than five? No, yeah. <laughs> much more than five. Now I have a lot of guitars, and but I am I'm always uh, buying, selling, buying, selling. Oh, you're one of you those know? guys. I, I have my. My favorites, I have a uh, 50s uh, Duo Jet Grads, for example, mm -hmm. or I have a uh, uh, ES295, uh, which mm -hmm. is my main guitar. This new that Gibson made for me. So I it's have. beautiful. It's this, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. It's like a gold top with P90s and a Bigsby, and it's semi hollow. It's very unique. Yeah, it's very unique. Actually, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be next year a new model. 
because we were talking with uh, Mike Volz from Gibson Memphis and I met him last year in, in Frankfurt in Music Messe. He's like the uh, European NAM show. And I was doing some d the demos uh, for, for them, for, for Gibson, and I, we were talking about having, because my main guitar is the 295, who's a rockabilly guitar, it's, you know. Semi-hollow body kind of Hollow body, and, and, and I said, wow, that would be amazing having a mini, small 295. So he thought about doing a hollow body Les Paul mm -hmm. with the big spin and the P90s, and they made, made me this guitar, and I played for the first time in, in the NAMM show in, in January. It sounds fantastic. Well, we're going to hear that guitar in a second, but first we have one more acoustic song. Uh, and you, and you, you were very kind. Uh, I, you've got my Martin, my old beat up Martin here. So, what's this next tune going to be? So the next is like um, the continuation of the Spanish fingerstyle that what I was talking. Uh, it's called Spanish Rack. Okay. Without further ado, let's just get onto this. We've got more stuff to talk about here. This is El Twanguero on Independence Day with the song Spanish Rag. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's Diego Garcia, otherwise known as El Twangero, all the way from Spain. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming from Spain to do this. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. And you're doing uh, you're doing a residency, and this will be over by the time this airs. But you're coming back in October to do yeah. some more shows, which is not that far away. It seems like it's far away, but it's really but not. no, <laughs> it's really not. Yeah, we have offer to to do uh, another West Coast, and I'm so happy to do it. Yeah, so it's very very nice, and you'll be so that was an acoustic song. When the next couple songs we hear will be uh, electric guitar songs. We mentioned that Les Paul, that very special gold top Les Paul that you have before. So you get a chance to hear that in just a second. But let's talk just a little bit more about traveling because you do something uh, in reading your materials that a lot of artists don't really get to do. I think this is something Americans don't do enough of, which is actually traveling like for real, not just to go somewhere for a week or a few days and then come back, but to like really go. Um, and you've done this a couple times where you'll come, like you went from Spain to New York to Brooklyn. You did an album in Brooklyn. Uh, the record, the Brooklyn session. But then you did the album after that was you went to Argentina to do an album in Argentina. So, I mean, is this just something that came naturally to you, this idea to go somewhere and record with specific musicians? Was that, like, where did that idea come from? Well, I I was, uh, as I said, I was uh, a sideman for almost 15 years and I traveled around the world a lot, a lot, like 100 shows every year. So I had the chance to meet people before I did my all my CDs, no? And so I, I we went a lot to play in Mexico. We played in Colombia and Argentina. I used to live there. So when I decided to get into my career, I... Uh, I said, okay, I've been traveling around 15 years, so around the world, so I know people. And, and then I decided to do a trip that I started in Chicago mm-hmm. because we did uh, the last tour of, of the last gig of a tour. Um, and everybody came to Spain, and I stayed in Chicago mm-hmm. for I don't know how, how long. So I 20 did minutes. A, yeah. So I, I did a, a trip. Yeah. <laughs> that was a joke, Diego. How long did you stay <laughs> in Chicago? Minutes. I don't know. I like a one week, week a and okay. a week, and I went down and I went to to Austin and then I went to Mexico for one month and then I traveled around f- by myself, just by one with one guitar. And I ended in 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 Argentina, and I went when and there I uh, when I met my wife for example so and i stayed there for one year so i said okay i'm here staying in, in argentina so let's do uh, like a music diary for me like like i did in brooklyn i was uh, we went to brooklyn to see how the music scene was so i decided to there not before but there, I decided to have a musical diary, and and I, for example, in Argentina, I studied uh, tango guitar for a couple of months and tried to uh, learn from all the the thing, the city, and the people, you know. And that's my experience. And then we went to Mexico for another reasons to live there, and I said, okay, let's do the pachuco thing. With so I tried to. Uh, uh, I, pro- I don't know how to uh, uh used my experiences mm-hmm. to do my records. Yeah, well, it's inspiration, and it's like a reflection of what that is, of that musical society is on you as an artist, 
right? Is that's kind of what you're getting at? Like yeah. you go to a place and you 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 immerse yourself in that culture and what that what that sounds like, and more importantly, what that sounds like in your ears. That's true, right? And then you kind of process it through your guitar, and then stick it, you know, spit and it back out And even more things, and even the even the the food of every country right. influence it's, it's a good influence for even for the music, how the people talk, how the people move. Because, for example, in Argentina, they are more like they have a Spanish tradition, but Italian tradition as mm -hmm. well. It's like uh, the Italian Spanish thing and so this is uh it's a big city for example buenos aires and it's a little uh there's a lot of crazy traffic and and the people are are all uh immigrants uh from europe so there is a, a nostalgia nostalgic uh mm -hmm. component in mm -hmm. in their own folk folk music you know it's it's like the blues Mm -hmm. it's, it's the blues is done uh, by former uh, slaves so mm -hmm. you can hear it the, in, in, in the blues you can hear the, all the suffering from the black people from, mm -hmm. <laughs> for, yeah. for two centuries you can hear it even, even in the flamenco so it, you, I don't focus only uh, in the music but in the city in how yeah. the people express you know the same in Mexico for me this is like a sociologic uh, yeah, yeah. study definitely definitely I want to talk a little bit more about traveling because this is such a great thing to talk about with you who've done so much traveling and let it influence your music so much rather than just going to a different place and you know I think some people you know the firm uh, of the term emissary Like you go to a town or you go to a city and you become an emissary for your hometown. Like yeah. you're an emissary for Spain and you bring what you do from Spain. But you do something much deeper than that, which I think is interesting. You don't just bring what you brought from Spain. You bring what you have from Spain and then you add Brooklyn or you add Argentina. You add Pachuco. You add East, La East Los Angeles. You add Brooklyn, Mark Knopfler, yeah, whatever. whatever yeah. Chet Atkins, Nashville, Memphis. You add that to what you do and you really, really melt it down and you stir it up and then something new comes out of that. So it's very, very interesting. Very, very cool. I really, people should check you out. They need to go to twangero.com. Uh, check out the website there. He's also on YouTube. He's on, man, Twitter, El Twangero. You're on YouTube. You've got Facebook.com slash El Twangero. People should check you out. And they should buy your music too. Because you're yeah. a full-time musician. Yeah. You make a living at this. Yeah, I, always. Since I was uh, 16 years old. I'm, It's a beautiful I'm, thing. I've been professional. I never did anything different from playing guitar or... Well, you sometimes teach guitar yeah. or you do... I do a lot of uh, jingles or whatever yeah, yeah. for TV. It's all music. But it's all music, you know. It's all music and it's, it's great. So I want to talk a little bit more about traveling and how that's you know, deals with international things here in just a second. But I want people to hear this, Les Paul. So tell me, what's the song you're going to play this on? What's this next one? Uh, the next one is uh, is a poem from the from a South America poet who is called Atahualpa Yupanqui. That for me is like the is like the South American bluesman. It's like uh, an uh, Argentinian Johnny Hooker. Mm -hmm. So he was a very uh, simple but interesting uh, poet. And the next one is called Guitarra Dímelo Tú. All right, El Twangero, also known as Diego Garcia, with another awesome song on Independence Day. Mm -hmm. 
le pregunto al mundo El mundo me ha de engañar Si yo le pregunto al mundo El mundo me ha de engañar Cada cual cree que no cambia Y que cambian los demás Y paso las madrugadas Buscando un rayo de luz Porque la noche es tan larga Guitarra, dímelo tú Se vuelve cruda mentira lo que fue tierna verdad Se vuelve cruda mentira Lo que fue tierna verdad Y hasta la tierra fecunda Se convierte en arenal Y paso las madrugadas Buscando un rayo de luz Porque la noche es tan larga Guitarra, dímelo tú Son dioses muertos De un templo ya derrumbado Los hombres son dioses muertos De un templo ya derrumbado Ni sus sueños se salvaron Solo una sombra que va Y paso las madrugadas Buscando un rayo de luz que la noche es tan larga, guitarra, dímelo tú. Guitarra, dímelo tú. That's El Twangero. Drop by twangero.com to learn everything you need to know about him. Such great stuff, man. So cool. You've obviously spent some time learning how to play the guitar. It's delightful to hear because, I don't know, it's funny. I mean, guitar, you know the term hack? It means someone who's kind of like, they kind of learn it a little bit. And it's kind of a joke, but kind of not. Like, guitar is a very approachable instrument. You learn a couple chords, you learn a few chords, and you're off and running. You know, you can write a million songs with three chords. You know, a lot of pop music is very simple chord structures, um, but they don't get very deep into the instrument. They learn what they need to know, 
to do what they need to do, which is write songs or entertain people or just play at a party or whatever. But it's, it's always a pleasure to see someone who has really, really studied it and made it an avocation. So kudos to you. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. so much. Sounds Thank fantastic. You. It's an honor to have you on the show, man. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and people also drop by indepthday.com to hear the rest of uh, the stuff that we do here. And there's going to be a video, all kinds of fun stuff. So we're talking about traveling and, and how that influences your music. And uh, tell me, okay, so when you come to America, like, you know, I have a very contentious relationship with music in America and how it relates to our culture, because I have relatives in the southeastern United States, and it seems like music, uh, that style of folk music, which, which country for them, was closer to everyone's lives than where I grew up in the north. Like, in the north, it's like, it was a very formal thing. You went to a show, and there was a stage, and there was the musicians, and we are the audience. It was very. It was kind of separate. It wasn't like I would just go to family gatherings and somebody would pull out a fiddle All or right. an accordion. Maybe that's just my family. But I mean, your family was it musical? And then when you go to these other places, I mean, like how how does the culture relate to music in these different places that you go? Well, we have music in, in Spain, especially in, in in the area where I was born in Valencia. We have a lot of uh, music even in the street. So uh, my family. Uh, well, my father was a. Uh, guitar aficionado so they 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 love to having us um, for example me and my brother playing guitar at home they love that kind of things and we, when we were young we we gathered with with friends to play guitars to try to emulate uh uh the beatles or, or yeah. a lot of music that we admire at that moment so it was a natural thing for us in in my neighborhood i come from a, a from a humble uh, neighborhood, mm-hmm. so working class. Yeah, working class neighborhood. So, and a lot of gypsies there when when I was uh, ten years old, and it was full of gypsies. So, uh, music and especially popular music is so natural for us in in, in Spain. Uh, and and the guitar is is folk. It's, it's like uh, the easiest uh, first contact instrument. Yeah, it's easy to. To, you can take guitar everywhere you go, like it's you portable. said. It, yeah, but yeah, at the same time, uh, at the same time, and in a moment, eventually, I I decided to to study more uh, deep into the roots of the guitar. That's what I love to travel around America, even north from north to south, because uh, I wanted to uh, find the connections between. What we did, I mean, no, I mean, not me, but the Spanish right. did with the guitar, and what the, the, the I mean, we we say the music, uh, the back and forth music in Spain, the ida y vuelta. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guitar was born in Spain, in in, in Granada, in Sevilla, in the, the area, and in, in the south, and then travel around the world mm-hmm. and it's uh, and it's super interesting for me finding uh, blues players country players in Kentucky or, or Mexican players and they, they have a lot of things in common but at the same time they have is his their own groove mm-hmm. and this is what I try to learn not the skills or even not the riffs or whatever I try to learn from their groove 
their personal groove is different. The groove and the feel, all, yeah, the feel, very different. All the blues, the black guys playing in Mississippi or a Mexican world. That's what I or, or Brazilian guitarist. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to learn to yeah. to to uh, steal in the good sense. <laughs> I mean, because it's yeah, it's taking music is. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say that music is for free. Music is not for free, but the music is on the air. You can learn. You can take whatever with respect. Yeah, you have to respect the roots. I'm not playing. I am not a blues or country player, but I've been influenced by country blues right. and, and Brazilian music, for example. But I do it. Through it but I am El Tranguero music. This. Yeah. Now I have, I have a stupid question. Okay, uh, d- uh, busking. You know what the term busking means? That's when you go and you play on the street, yeah. like in the subway or on yeah. the street. Um, the reason I ask this is that, you know, in America, a lot of places, the police will shut you down mm, if you try to go busking somewhere. So, it, I mean, because, okay, so let's me, I'll give you a specific example. The first time I was in Austin, Texas, Sixth Street is like a big street. They close it down at night oh, yeah, and no, there's bars. It's kind of like New Orleans. It's bars and music and I restaurants know, Austin, and everything. Yeah. And I was like, well, the first time I was in Austin, I was like, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go play some songs. You know, I've been playing guitar my whole life. This is Music City USA or you yeah. know, the live music capital of the world or so they like to say they are. But I don't think I'd been playing 10 minutes before the cops shut me down. I think I made a buck, a buck 42 or a buck 86 or something like that, a dollar 86. But they, they, they made me pack up and go. Like in Spain where, you know, music is a much richer tradition. Do they, is there, are there problems with busking in Spain too? Do they boot you out do the cops come and shut you down or do you have to get a permit or do you just do it or how does it work well not in the in the 80s you you could do it but now we we changed uh, the last eight years God, we that breaks changed my heart. for a more uh uh <laughs> not democratic but re- republic one well, it's different the concepts the politics right, right, concept right. In, in spain republic we we don't we are not a republic we are a we have a king <laughs> yeah so the word <laughs> republic like <a> monarchy. <laughs> You can say it, but we changed more into to the right, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so they didn't want to have busker ah. in, in the street. So, but you can find it, in, in, especially in the in the village or the country yeah. areas. You you can find people playing, or even in a bar in the south in Spain, you can do it. I I never did this, but but I love that kind of thing to yeah. play in the street. It's uh, where you know, it's you see this and you see that the music is alive when when someone yeah. is playing the music in the street, you know, and you can see it in well in New York they have uh, yeah you have to do a, uh, I think an exam or something like this to yeah. play in the subway or yeah <laughs> so this and you can see a lot of yeah good things in the I well I have a couple of songs even uh, inspired of uh, basking mm-hmm. players. It, it's kind of heartbreaking in a way because people, I think, forget that it wasn't that long ago in human culture when the only way to hear music was to go hear it performed live. We've only had a, recorded music for 110 years or so, which really isn't that long. It's longer than most people have been alive. But for all of human history up to that point, the only way to hear music was to go see a musician or a group of musicians perform. And then it became, you know, you could record it, but it's still, yeah. you know, then, it, then there wasn't radio. And then there was radio and people, you know, then there were different ways to hear. But even initially, radio was only playing music that was happening live. 
And now that everybody has a smartphone and they have their entire album collection in their pocket and they're all on their earbuds and they're closed off from everything, I think we're losing that connection that we used to have and connection with the people who make our products, whether it's the people who make our food, the people who make our music, the people who make our clothes. Like We're losing that connection. And I think... I just think it's important. I think it's important to hold on to those kinds of things. I'm not sure that's not even a question. It's just a point that I wanted to bring up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I agree with you. Uh, now, um, I think that with all that technology, uh, you, I, I thought in, 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 into myself, you have to go to the places because it's super easy to get uh, YouTube and watch uh, Doug Watson video or whatever yeah, yeah, to yeah. learn dong, dong, the, the cross-speaking technique, for example. No, I decided to go there yeah. <laughs> and try to get the information from the, from the real right. people. Yeah, and you don't just mean like go to a place in your own hometown. You mean go to Nashville. Yeah. Right and go see what's yeah. really really. Go see what's, what what is you you can do it now. You know the distances are uh, smaller than 50 years ago when 50 years ago traveling from Madrid to Paris was a whole trip. Yeah, But now deal. it's 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 yeah. It should be easy to do. It. Yeah, let's let's see here. We've got one more song, but I just had a couple more questions before we wrap up. Now, being a full time musician that travels internationally. Um, your income mostly comes from shows or does it come from a combination of album sales? Because sometimes different countries have very, very different ways of going about how they do, you know, paying musicians, you know, like just, just recently Canada removed a lot of restrictions from American musicians. Like I have a lot of musician friends only the, only the like top tier professional ones could go play in Canada because there was a, a fee for every musician in the band. It was hundreds of dollars. Yeah. So to take a four-piece band to do a set of shows in Canada, I mean, you'd be a couple thousand dollars out of pocket before you even played a That's note. Right. Yeah. And now they've removed a lot of that. But you, it must be very complicated for you. It's complicated in every country. It's different. Well, yeah. my, my income is, uh, is uh, from a lot of different things because I am co- a composer as well and I do a lot of uh, TV stuff. So an important part of my, my... Is most of that in Spain or is some of that elsewhere in, this, in America? Or it's, the, the, in, it's in Spain, but but I have uh, income from Mexico, even from Argentina and some... some it depends when they, they are using, the music is used, right? So a part of my, my living is, is from the royalties. Right. Okay, but we play. I play a lot live, so and I get money from. Right, and it depends when in in Spain we can. I can do by my own. I can do all the tickets, for example, mm-hmm. and you can right. have a venue, and because the people know me there. Right, but here is like an investment, or sometimes you have well-paid gigs. It's you have it, every day is new. Well, you know, yeah. you're a musician. Every it's not a it's not a a plan. Yeah, for all the year. No, you have to, and but you have to invest as well. And especially here in United States. Yeah, we have to come. We we are coming again in October. October we have a good right. offer from and in Canada, the best gig of the tour is in Canada. Uh-huh. So with that uh, gig. We uh, we pay all the cost from an, another gig, so right. you have to do it daily, right? You know, and it takes courage 
you know, and it takes, especially to have so many different things coming from so many different places. I mean, you must have help with this. I mean, you've got, do you have a manager? Do you have... We have a manager in, in Europe and we have a, a booking agent here as well in mm -hmm. in, in LA. And, but, but, I mean, you have, you win, you earn money in Europe, you spend money in, right. or, or, right. Or you earn money in Canada, but you spend this money. You have to be a, uh, a part of uh, musician and uh, empresario, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's the long game, yeah. Too, you have to think. It's not just this gig, this money. Oh, we lost money in this gig. Because sometimes you're going to lose money. That's true. That's um, true. But it's it's gonna. But then, like you said, your anchor gig in Toronto or wherever have you, it's going to pay for the next six gigs. For the next six gigs, or it's or... going to pay for us to go do this free benefit thing, okay. or to do this or radio traveling thing. from Europe to Correct. to to America. So yeah. you have to uh, learn from these situations and try to improve your uh, your act. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. it's really great, man. It's it's an it's so much fun talking to you because I mean I've I, you know I've tra I've tra traveled around I've done some performing overseas, um, but I haven't really made very much money at it, you know. So I it's I like you're my idol in some ways. Like man, you're the you're, I'm I'm there's got to be a word you know what jealousy right the word jealous like I'm, there's got to be a word for happy jealousy. Yeah, because right? I'm jealous of you, but I'm also very happy. I'm not. It's not a jealousy like I'm angry about it. I'm very happy about I understand, it, but, yeah, yeah. I, but it's really, really cool. Uh, one more interesting question. I've actually two more questions, and then we'll get to your last song. We got to get you on out of here because I'm sure you've got stuff to do. You've got very important music to study in Los Angeles. Um, number one, traveling a lot, like you said before a while ago, you try to keep your your rig very, very simple for your traveling. But traveling with an instrument can be a very big challenge. Like, have you ever had any horror stories about having a guitar lost or an instrument broken or the airline being mean to you? Or like, like tell me, give me a story, either a good one or a bad one. Uh, well, I have a lot of stories. Uh, once I remember, I always try to get my guitar into the cabin. Yeah. I always. And if not, I... You bribe them? I <laughs> no, I lost, I lose a flight. I I did this in Mexico once. You leave you left your guitar on an airplane? Uh no no no. What? I I was uh I was uh arguing with the uh -huh. guys and I stayed at Oh you Atlanta. didn't you, so you just didn't go. <laughs> I lost I lost the the flight because of you know I, I don't want to Right. Uh, I never did it but I remember 15 years ago, uh, I was traveling with another artist and they say no 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 we take care of the guitar so And the guitar was broken. Uh, uh, fortunately, it was uh, uh, was it was it was a tailor because I was it was a good really good guitar. Mm -hmm. um, but I I had an endorsement, so it was a new guitar that they yeah. made me. It was sad, I, yeah. you know, because because seeing looking at a broken guitar is like oh, uh, yeah, oh my god, I want to die. But no, I I always. Um, I, you know, two, three years ago, I was like very angry, but I tried to get like the my happiness <laughs> face before I get into the plane yeah. and try to. You can you can um, convince the the personnel yeah. on board yeah. if you get the guitar until you know to the you if you reach the plane with the guitar, you just need to talk. Hey, man, I make a living. Yeah. This I'm professional. Look, this guitar is an old Martin, and you always yeah. you have success. Yeah, the worst I ever had. I mean, it it always makes me crazy. 
you know, and I go in with a smile and I tried my best to be as kind. I bought an expensive case for my Martin. It's like a $450 Calton. They're made in Canada, very expensive case, very heavy, Hmm. but very strong. But I still worry, man, because one time I flew to Philadelphia, came off the plane, got my luggage, no guitar. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and everyone's luggage is coming and everybody's free sooner, you know, a few minutes, everybody's gone. And now I'm standing there and there's no guitar. And then the thing stops moving. I'm like, ah, where's mm. my guitar? It's my most expensive thing I own other than my car. Yeah. And, uh, and this was before September 11th. So things have changed a lot since then. But I remember uh, the tarmac where the planes were outside, there was a door right by the luggage department and there was a glass window in the door. So I just happened to walk over there and I looked outside and there it's raining and there's my guitar about 60 feet away you know, 30 meters or so, or 20 meters, sitting out in the rain. And it's in the case, but still it's in the rain. I'm like, "Ah, people. It's because then the the counter, luggage counter was right there. And I was like, hey, you know, come here. That's my guitar. Would you please bring me a guitar? And and at that point, he could just walk through the door, get the guitar and bring it back. I mean, now in in the modern age, after September 11th, there's no window, there's no door, there's no way I'd even know it was there. It might be gone forever. Yeah. Anyway, so take caution people when you travel with your guitars i'm glad you did that i'm glad it was just to taylor you know what i mean like there's there's some guitars like if i always felt like if i were to travel internationally i would like to get get a new martin yeah you know and then if it gets destroyed it's my precious one can stay at home you know anyway i'm yeah. talking too much about this one last question then i gotta get you out of here um this is i ask all my guests this it's like the last question i ask what makes you happy mm, doing my music doing my music and making a living yeah. doing my my thing it's a lot of uh effort it's a lot of work yeah but that makes me happy yeah but if you can make work work you love that's like the best thing in the world right yeah yeah it's the best thing you know the loving one uh loving your work for me it's not work it's right like, it's playing like a child <laughs> right if you love your work work isn't work anyway all that's right true. one more song uh diego what's this last song we've got uh, this last song is uh, it's an old tango. It's a cover that I did in my Argentina songbook album, and it's called Naranjo and Flor. All right, very, very nice. One last time, El Twangero, also known as Diego Garcia on Independence Day. <laughs> más blanda que el agua que el agua blanda era más fresca que el río naranjo en flor y en esa calle de estío calle perdida dejó un pedazo de vida Y se marchó Primero hay que saber sufrir Después amar, después partir Y al fin andar sin pensamiento Perfume de naranjo en flor Promesas buenas de un amor Que se escaparon con el tiempo Después que importará el después Toda mi vida es el ayer Que se detiene en el pasado 
Eterna y vieja juventud que me ha dejado acobardado Como un pájaro sin luz Que le habrán hecho mis manos Que le habrán hecho Para dejarme en el pecho Tanto dolor Dolor de vieja arboleda Dejó un pedazo de vida Y se marchó Pensamiento, perfume de naranjo en flor, promesas buenas de un amor que se escaparon con el tiempo. Después, ¿qué importará el después? Toda mi vida es el ayer que se detiene en el pasado. Eterna y vieja juventud que me ha dejado acobardado como un pájaro sin luz. nice man delicious les paul excellent playing i can see you've played before you know your way around a guitar man it sounds great thank you it's fantastic i people need to go see you uh i didn't find out that you were here until after these el cid shows you did four shows back in february but you're coming back in october which isn't that long uh just make sure you let us know when those gigs are so i'll tell people about it and make sure we can get some more people out to see you because it's a really really fun experience to see you do what you do especially in a multicultural city like los angeles where you know there's different styles of music uh you know cultures of music happening all the time so i'll make sure you make sure you let us know yeah, we will try to get the to have the the same residency, the same place because I want to be uh, re related with the same club, you know, yeah. El Cid, which is a Spanish uh, right. thing. So yeah, and it's the Honky Tonk Hacienda, which yeah. is Suzanne O'Keefe. Suzanne O'Keefe, who is, is, is she's uh, wonderful. Yeah, and she works very, very hard to to, to celebrate and you know, put on these regular shows. She does a lot of hard work, and it's great. And we need people like that like the, yeah. to make music happen a lot of times. Because a lot of times, it, like I said, people are distracted by their phones. They've got in their pocket. <laughs> they've got YouTube in their pocket. They could watch anything, anytime, <laughs> anywhere. So I think we need to keep this live thing a real, real thing. Yes. Uh, so uh, Diego Garcia, also known as El Twangero, has been my guest. Thank you so very much. Visit uh, twangero.com. Uh, pick up one of his albums. There's Octopus, Twangero, The Brooklyn Session, Argentina Songbook, uh, Pachuco, and there's a brand new EP coming out. Will that yeah. be out by the fall? Uh, no, it will be uh, uh, like a continuation of the Pachuco thing, like the dancing Latin twang. 
Gang thing. Oh, that's right. It's coming out. Oh, here's what I was thinking. It's coming out actually just this weekend. It's coming out in a couple days. Yeah, in a couple days. On the days. 8th of April. Yeah. Uh, and you don't really have a name for it yet. Uh, we, have, we have a song called Gallo Negro, which, oh, which right. is inspired in, in the LA, uh, in LA, East LA boxing guy, Mexican. So, yeah, we will do the CD release in, in a couple of days in, in Madrid. And, well, let's see. Anywhere else you'll be around the world between now and then? Are you doing any more international traveling before you come back to the states? Or? Yeah, we're we're now focusing the on on Europe and during the summer because we are trying to get into the big festivals. Yeah, and that lots kind of, of those thing. festivals. They're good gigs if you can get them. Yeah, Europe, and then after the summer we want to come back to United States. Okay, very nice, man. It's been a pleasure and an honor to meet you. Thank you for sharing your music. Thank you for sharing your soul. Uh, and I can't wait for people to hear the rest of the stuff that you're going to do because there's great stuff ahead for you, man. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, fantastic. Thank you to El Twangero, also known as Diego Garcia. Also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The amorous Tony Tonloke Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. Be sure to check them out. For Independence Day, as always, I am Joe Armstrong, and please be good to one another.